It's true. I have to, but I can't even just say it. I have to legitimately love my body. Um, and I have to legitimately love my body when I'm out of shape. <laughs> That's... You're listening to Out of Line with Caroline Lee, exploring offline realities with online personalities. Michael Gunger is a singer, songwriter, composer, author, and podcaster. Growing up in Wisconsin, Michael began his musical adventure as a Christian worship leader. His Michael Gunger Band days evolved into the band Gunger, which still exists as Michael and his wife, Lisa. In 2014, Michael launched a podcast called The Liturgists, which he co-hosts with Science Mike. Together, they deconstruct all elements of life through the lenses of faith, art, and science. Michael and his wife, Lisa, live in LA with their daughters, Amelie and Lucy. Michael studied with Ram Dass earlier this year and took on the name Vishnu Das. So in this episode, I may or may not refer to him as Vish, which is what we call him in our circle of friends. Vish is a dear friend and came over to my house to record this chat. When you said we had a very LA moment last night, I, I thought you were going to say, you know, we turned around and like Renee Zellweger was standing right there or something random like that. But that is no. more of a typical LA moment. No, than what but I seeing someone put their penis through a gate, <laughs> that's also a very LA moment. <laughs> Very downtown LA moment. Very downtown, yeah. Certain <laughs> certain hours of the day, it does have that waft. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, hey, it's gritty. I like it. I, I fit in here. Um, yeah, I can't say I've never stuck my penis through a gate. I, I'm 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 comfortable with that. You 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 can't say that you and haven't. I can't say that I haven't. I can't. Let me think if I have. I can't say that I have either, but I would not be surprised to find out. You know, it's if you're going to pee outside and there's like, oh, this will hide my dick. <laughs> is, it like, you, <laughs> is it like a guy thing to want to... To pee outside? Well, and just to do things with your penis when you're peeing? Uh, I mean, I think it's... I don't think it's a girl thing. Well, I can tell you it's not. It's definitely not. I mean, it took me like three trips to India just to get just to get it down, like to pee without having it become a disaster. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. But I mean, I, I, my weirdest one, I'd say, is probably uh, on a ski mountain that I was I was going to pee my pants. <laughs> and I just like I'm either going to pee my pants or I'm going to lay down and pee in the snow. <laughs> or I'm going to stand up. I'm not going to stand up. There's other skiers. So I lay down and just penis out of the snow pants into the snow, cold. But that was my best option that I could think of. <laughs> skiers skiing by me and I'm just laying face down in the snow. <laughs> and then get up and like just yellow. <laughs> Best mental picture I've ever had. <laughs> Why is that guy in his belly? <laughs> and then you stand up and there's yellow with a hole in the middle of and it. And I'm just going, I'm sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> Was that in Wisconsin? Yeah. Oh, man. That's good. That's good. I wonder what normal. I've never been downhill skiing, so I wonder if that's like oh. normal, if other people have done that. I, I've never seen it or heard of it. Yeah, I, but. I, I, figured, I felt like a pioneer. Oh. <laughs> Sounds like you were. Um, yeah, skiing for me was kind of like growing up because we both spent a lot of years growing up in Wisconsin. And for me, that was one of those things that I wanted to avoid because it was like too expected, you know? To go skiing? Yeah. You know, I'm an eight. Like I wanted to be original and push back. And so it was like, everybody's going to the Dells. Everybody's going to Noah's Ark. Never been to either one. Never been skiing. I was just like, what can I avoid that's like super Wisconsin? Yeah. And we both, I I think I had an anti-Wisconsin streak in me as well. And we both ended up in Los Angeles. I think that's probably something to do with it. There's probably something we have in common. Also, we both got married when we were 19. So that's also weird. It is really weird. 
But and we're still married to the same people, which is weird. Which is even weirder. Like super weirder. weirder. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I say out loud, "I think I'm the only person I know that had sex with the same person all through my 20s." Mm. Yeah. I did as well. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know anyone who got all the way through their 20s and was like same, same partner. Because even even if they are with the same person. They met them when they were like 24 yeah, or something like that. And they're like, oh, we've been together, which is still a long time. 19. Who gets married at 19? What were you thinking? What was I thinking? I mean, I was thinking I want to have sex. <laughs> and I don't want the Lord to be mad at me for having sex. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I love this girl. And right, she's, right. And I want to spend my life with her. Totally, you know, of course. Of course. Yeah. But... I think had I been able to have sex with this girl who I wanted to spend the rest of my life with, may would have been like, I mean, what's the rush? Right. Right. But there was a rush. There what? There was there were a few rushes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I love it. That's really good. So so what are some other things about living in Wisconsin? Because now when I go back, I like it. I love it. It's mm-hmm. great. And I feel like people out here in LA at least, when I say I spent a lot of my life growing up in Wisconsin. There's kind of this like, oh, what's that like? And there's not necessarily (laughs) a clear, it's not like, you know, I think Iowa, you get cornfields. That's what everyone says. And then, you know, um, there are different kind of like mental pictures that come to mind. But with Wisconsin, it's very dairy, lots of cheese. People always ask about cheese, cows. That's about it. That's about it. Right. How? Yeah. How hard did you work on? Saying Wisconsin like you say it. How do I say it? You haven't ever put conscious effort into how you say Wisconsin? No. Really? Yeah. I just say it. But I've also, I've also, like my parents weren't from Wisconsin. So I was not around super, super strong Wisconsin accents. Okay. I also married a foreigner and lived outside of the country for like. Almost because you don't say Wisconsin like somebody from Wisconsin. 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 Yeah. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Even if they don't have like a Wisconsin. Yeah. It's still the syllable, the Wisconsin. Right. I'm from Wisconsin. Mm. Versus I'm from Wisconsin. Right. Mm. But I would you say Wisconsin? Well, you were born in Indiana. I was born in D.C. D.C. Yeah, which I hate. D.C. is horrible. When did you move to Wisconsin? To Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Burb. Hey, Burb. How's it you going, are, Burb? You are a, a unicorn. I uh, I don't know if it's a good unicorn or just a weird one, but... It's a good unicorn. Thanks. Well, it's... Um, I, I like going back, though. I don't mind it at all. I think it's like... There's there's such a beautiful down-to-earthness about it. There's such a... I don't know, family values that sometimes drive me crazy. Um, how, do you, how often do you go back? Uh... Once every four years, five years. Okay. Probably. Do you still have family there? Uh, I have uncles and aunts there. Okay. But yeah, I don't. I don't go back much. I. I we went once a few years ago with. I have a daughter named Amelie, um, and Lucy. Lucy wasn't born yet, and it was fun to show Amelie like my hometown, and it was just such a different world to her. She lives in. You know, we live in L.A., so going to a place. I remember growing up and being like. Thinking about kids specifically in LA that never see cows or anything, I was like, "That's so funny." They they like think this is because I heard about some kid from California that came to Wisconsin and was like, "Look at all the cows," and then Amelie was like, "Cows? <laughs> <laughs> There's no cows in LA. No, there really aren't. Well, yeah. not anywhere anywhere near LA at all. I don't think I've ever seen cows in California." I'm sure yeah, they're I'm here. Sure they're here. They're probably but you don't just run the Bakersfield. I don't know. Yeah, probably on the way to Bakersfield, but you'll see a few cows here and there. But it's probably too hot for them out there. It's really not like Wisconsin, no. where you'll find cows everywhere. 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 So what's what's baggage? What's some baggage you have from days in Wisconsin? Because I know I got some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Obesity. Wow. Okay. Let's unpack that baggage. What do you mean just by the, you mean you, 
you have obesity so because of I, living I will say this. Well, my family is a fairly obese family. Okay. I am, I don't, on, on the chart at my gym, I have recently moved from poor on the body fat index to fair. Nice. So I won't call myself obese. I would never call you obese. <laughs> I'm fair. You're fair. I would call you. I would uh, call you. I would call you fair to good. I would oh, say good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You've warmed the cockles of my heart. <laughs> um, but the fact that that warms the cockles of my heart is part of the issue that I'm talking about. Because <laughs> I, I did. There's this. I think it's Harvard. Harvard has these online tests where you can like test your bias, mm. and you can do it for different races or gender or whatever um and so i did one for like women and past past meeting i didn't have a bias of women in the workplace or whatever you know i was did i pass the sexist test i did one for black people i did pass i didn't again it's not a pass or fail it's not even saying that you're a racist just shows like your inherent bias Mm. and i didn't have a bias um for that i didn't have a bias for the, but the thing, I did a test with obesity, obese people, definite, very definite bias. And I was like, all right, I can see that. I could feel it while I was doing the test. Because the way it tests you is like, it'll put good words on one side of the screen and bad words on the other side of the screen. And you tap each screen quickly. Like if it puts up a good word, you tap a good. And then it'll also show like pictures of fat people or skinny people and it'll switch it up. Like also put good words on the right hand side of the screen and skinny people on the right hand side of the screen. And when I did that, it was fast and easy. And then I was like, uh, <laughs> you put the, and then it's a, you know, it switched up good, good words on the right hand side of the screen, but and obese people on the right hand screen. And so obese people, I just kept getting it wrong. Like, no, that goes on the wrong side of the screen. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah. It was rough. Uh, and I, if, I've done a lot. Of, I've been reflecting on it a bit because I don't want to be a person that is judgmental or and body shame and, oh, I got to hate body shame. What mm. a horrible part of our culture that people feel less than because of how their body is. Mm. Um, and I have a daughter with special needs and since having her, she's three now, all that has intensified greatly for me. Like don't, people are born with the bodies they have and you can't like thinking more or less based on their physicality or, I mean, it's, it's, it's destructive. Mm. Um, but then I think there's also the strange thing with obesity where there's we have this idea that there's also your choice in the matter, which we can get more into if you'd like to, but because you have to get into like, what is choice and what is free? will? how, how free is our will? Um, but the things related to, you know, as I've tried, I think there's been a part of me that because my family is mostly overweight, uh, for me not to be overweight, I think there's part of like a, defense mechanism for me not to become morbidly obese myself. Uh, I feel like I've had to fight it so hard. Mm. Um, and part of how I've fought it is by hating it. Um, but I don't hate fat people. Like my family's fat. I have lots of, a lot of my best friends are really far fat. And I, I think it's, I'm a total fat kid at heart. Like I told you, yeah, my idea of a party is like, let's go get some froyo and put on some fat pants and lounge around. Yep. Um, We've done that a few times. We have. So there's a lot there, and I definitely want to hear all about choice. Yeah. Dive in. I want to hear it. Do you, when you, because you say your family's fat, do you guys talk about that? Like, are you like, oh, we're a fat family? And like, or would mm. they, if they heard that, would they be like, oh, he said we're fat? That's interesting. We, we make fun of my, like my dad is, is finally getting more in shape the last couple of years. Um, he used to be one of the, the bigger ones of the family. And now he's one of the most fit. Um, 
And he yeah, always would he make fun on of the scale? himself. Not fair. Good. I don't know. I, this is, by the way, the fair scale. That's L.A. Oh. I actually looked up a chart online. I was like, I'm better than I thought I was. This is L.A. This is L.A. Yeah, like, Not fair. like you have more than 5% body fat. You're obese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. The other day I found out, because we have a Fitbit scale, and it tells me that I'm 34% body fat, and I've just been like believing that for years and i finally said to jaden why does my body fat percentage never go down i've been working out for a freaking year and it never goes down and it's i'm 34 percent. and he's like babe you are not no you're not body fat. and i was like the, the scale says i am and then I, he, he was like google 34 percent body fat photo and i was like oh yeah no i'm not <laughs> i was like oh yeah never mind nope Mm-mm, I'm not. So, you know. But Wisconsin people are big. They are. Most people are very big. Not Yeah. I, I mean, most Americans. That's true. Like, you travel a lot. Uh, you're one of the few people that I know that travels more than me. Um, but you go to other countries and you're like, how come everybody's not fat? Mm-hmm. Well, and you go to, the, you go to LAX and, you know we'll be in the city for like a couple of weeks. And then I go to LAX and all of a sudden I'm like, Whoa, I forgot. Look at the different body shapes there because LA is so yeah, boxy, uh-huh. bubbly. It's a bubble world. And so then to go to LAX and see all the different gates and all the different people heading to their cities <laughs> and be like, Oh, wow. I forgot <laughs> different bodies. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I definitely you... relate. I've actually worked with my therapist on fat prejudice. And really? she had me read um, a book by Lindy West. Do you know who Lindy West is? No. She's like a journalist. Um, she has a book called Shrill. And Lindy is someone that is fat. And before I read the book, I was always like, I don't want to say the word fat. I don't want to label people. I don't want like, oh, mm-hmm. we have to avoid that word. How, what do we say? I know I feel something when I'm dealing with that and even my own body image. Um, but then reading the book, like she just fully calls herself fat. And she's just like, you know, it is a thing. It's a thing that I struggle with. We struggle with as, you know, fat people. Um, but it was really, it was a great book to read. I learned a lot. Just someone being so honest about mm being fat and what it's like to be fat in this world. So what'd you learn? Oh man. Well, first of all, I think I learned, um, the importance of just saying it like it is and not having it be something that's so taboo. Cause I think mm. when, um, when I, even when I avoid the word fat and try to say, Oh, they're struggling with big their boned. weight. Yeah. Oh. Big, you know, whatever it is. Um, it kind of takes away from, like you said, being born with your body and, and loving it the way that it is mm. and just being like, this is my body. And I have yeah, a lot maybe, of fat on it. I have a lot of fat on it. And whether like whether or not you diet and go to the gym all the time and starve yourself, sometimes people's body stays the way that yeah. it is. It's not – I know. Sometimes, but there is so much judgment, I think, that the cultural – especially America, but I think a lot of the West um, at least – kind of looks at people and says, oh, they probably eat too much or, oh, they, they could, they could probably miss a few meals. Those sorts of things get said so often. Um, and there isn't any like, oh, maybe, or sometimes it's like, oh, I'm worried about their health. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm worried for your health. And it's like, really? Cause maybe <laughs> the country should handle universal health care and then you can judge me for like mm. my body shape. You know, there's so many, there's so many things wrapped up in the judgments that we put on other people. So that was one of them. And then, um, the other one was just like not making it such a, the main thing about someone, Mm -hmm. you know, like rather than being like, oh yeah, my gay friend or, oh Mm -hmm. my, my fat friend. It's Mm -hmm. like, what, wait, why, why would we do that? I literally had a friend, um, that when she talked about one of her friends, she would say, oh yeah, you know, you know, my fat friend. And I was just like, I was always so offended and like a little bit appalled when she would say that. Cause I was just like, first of all, you should have more than one friend that isn't your body shape. And second of all, is that the only thing about her that you see when you look at her? Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. It's appalling. So anyway, I want to hear about, I want to hear about your family and, um, 
And the whole thing you were saying about choice, because there's definitely a lot there and it's yeah. very interesting to me. So my family, we don't, I don't think we would, I don't think we say like we're a fat family, but we're about to be together. It'll be interesting. Uh, it's just going to be the adults. We're going to Paris together next week. And so I'm sure there's going to be years where when you have kids all around all the time, it's just a madhouse. And this is like, my parents are paying for the trip for the adults to go and kind of hang out. So, uh, that's so fun. And some of the, some of the siblings are in worse shape than they've been before. And so, <laughs> 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 uh, be, I, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. I guess we don't talk about that. We'd laugh about it. My dad is totally, he's worse than me with fat people. Oh, like prejudice? Like he's prejudiced. And he was he was fat. Hmm. And he was very prejudiced against fat people. And we, he's, we've talked about it. And I'm mean, like, did you give me that? I, I think some of it came from my grandma, who like, she was horrible with fat people. Like, uh, and she wasn't very fat. Um, I would say she's skinny, but like, she'd make beep beep sounds. You know, like if a fat person was backing up, she'd be like, beep, beep. Like, God, grandma. Oh my gosh, that is horrifying. <laughs> she, that is horrifying. So I think she passed some of that on to my dad and then some of it on to me somehow. I don't know. Uh, so, but as far as the choice, because you'd think like the, the traits that are stereotypically associated with fat people, like sloth, gluttony, apathy, those are negative traits mm. that you don't want, you know, that, that harm your life and other people's lives. Um, so, and the, and the, the health issue, like you don't care about your health. What's, what's wrong with you? Um, and that's, you know, assuming that we're all playing on an equal playing field, there's some validity to that. Like, come on, get your life together. Uh, but we're obviously not all playing on an equal playing field. And when you think about, when I think even my own, whether it's weight loss or playing guitar or uh, learning a foreign language, I'm trying to learn Spanish right now, but I'm not, I'm like, I could be better at my discipline with it. You know, like uh, all those things that we're, we do and try to better ourselves or whatever, progress ourselves um how can i like how can i divvy up what is i'm responsible for as far as my conscious will saying yep i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna make it happen even that decision that will where does that come from so like that's assuming me being able to focus some time on spanish means that I have enough time in my life that I, I'm assuming that I've eaten, my family has eaten, mm. that I feel physically safe, um, that I have enough resources to be able to purchase something like a Spanish course without that putting anybody in my life in peril. Uh, there's there's a lot of privilege that goes into me like, there's some extra time. Like, what could I spend it on? Learning sure. Spanish. Um and then that does that thing that pops up in my head, like work on Spanish. I should work on Spanish. Where does that come from? How, how, who gets to take credit for that? And who gets to take credit for how much willpower I have to put towards that? What if I'm just feeling depressed mm. and if I'm feeling depressed, I don't have the willpower to do it. Something, you know, I remember when we went through a really hard time in 2014 and I had a lot of depression in that year. And I didn't have the ability to do things that I normally would do. I didn't have, and things like taking care of my physical body, just false as far as not trying to be fit and trying to go exercise. Or, like it falls in the hierarchy of needs <laughs> below like try to get out of bed this morning mm. and bring your kid to school. Like that's a higher need and I'm barely able to do that. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. um, so circumstances and 
yet alone chemistry. I've seen my brother who's fat go through thing after thing after like he's read way more about it than I have. He's gone to workshops. He's gone to counseling. He's been part of like, he's gone on severe diets and he swings down for a minute and then it swings right back up and gets bigger than he was last time. Mm. And like, can I say that I just apply more willpower to it? Is that all that it is? And no, of course it's not. Uh, there's other stuff. There's other factors that make both him and I not totally free in our will. Yeah. Um, when it comes to losing weight and uh, my, you know, my wife has a old friend that got her stomach stapled uh, a year or two ago and she lost all this weight. I mean, she like could not, they, in order to stomach her, or staple her stomach, she had to demonstrate that she could lose a significant amount of weight for the, the insurance to pay for it or whatever. And so she lost this weight. They st- stapled her stomach. She kept losing all this weight. It was going amazing. She was changing. Her life was changing. We just found out yesterday she's gained it all back. No. In a year? Uh, it's maybe a couple of years, but Whoa. it's like dangerous. That's hard back. on your body. Yeah. Whoa. Um, but how can you say like, she didn't have enough willpower and she's to blame for that. Mm. And then yet, let alone chemistry. Some people can, they do, they eat certain things and they just, they keep shedding. It seems like some people could just eat whatever they want and have all the energy to, and willpower to go on a run every morning. Whatever. I mean, I guess I just don't, I don't see willpower as cleanly as I used to. Mm-hmm. I don't think free will really is a thing. <laughs> um, I think it's an, it's an illusion that we experience subjectively. Um, so in that case, like how can you judge? The hard thing about that stance is, is then how could you judge anything? How could you judge apathy yeah. or laziness or murder or Donald Trump uh, or whatever because you're like they've experienced what's they've experienced in their environment their upbringing their chemistry has created this scene it's not their fault what who's the they that you're like what what's the thing that has a fault they're just this they're a product a product of, of their of circumstances. circumstances yeah totally yeah um Wow, yeah, there's a lot there. So one of the one of the questions that comes to mind while you're while you're saying that is um is there such a thing and maybe this is coming from since both of us are sufferers of fat prejudice. Um maybe this is really sad and shallow of me to say, but is there such a thing as not having fat prejudice? Like, do you know anyone that doesn't have it? Because I'm even thinking of some of my friends who are overweight and they want to date really fit people. Yeah. Like they are themselves what the world would call fat. And again, I'm going off of what Lindy says in her book. She says to call them, she says fat people. So I'm, if that's offensive to anyone, I don't mean it to be offensive. I'm trying to adopt what I've learned from Lindy. So if a fat person wants to date a thin person, do fat people have fat prejudice too? Mm. Is there such a thing as not having fat prejudice? Or is that something that our society gives all of us? Oh, I know there's a lot of dudes that do not mind some... uh, Have you ever ever heard of a BBW conference? (laughs) Okay, okay. All right. All right. Big, yep. beautiful women. Yep. Uh, and okay, I know yeah, I have yeah. friends that they want those curves as big as those curves will come. That's true. I mean, maybe not as big as they'll come. But I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I, I mean, we had a bus driver. We were talking about this and, and we're like, he's like, I don't mind fat girls. I want a fat girl. We're like, like how fat though? Like, 400 pounds he's like mm, maybe that's a little much but three hundons i'll do three hundons okay all right so there's the answer i mean <laughs> there's our answer it's just good because i think in my head i'm like oh maybe everyone thinks this way but i think that's part of what prejudice is is that i start to believe that everyone's like me because i'm right and like obviously i'm going to collect 
evidence that makes me right, um, I don't want to make myself wrong. So if I'm like, oh, everyone feels this way, then it's easier to think I'm right. No, but, I don't think so. But I think prejudice isn't like the definition of prejudice that it isn't based on fact. It's like it's almost like perceived or believed truth rather than, oh, here are your actual stats and facts to back it up. I think that's implied in the word prejudice that you're that you have an unwarranted bias against a certain kind of person mm. or whatever your prejudice is against, I suppose. I mean, because you, you wouldn't in the way that we use the word prejudice, you wouldn't say like, I'm prejudiced against murder. Mm. Right. You know, like that doesn't the word that doesn't make doesn't much make sense. sense to say you're prejudiced mm-hmm. against. Um, and so even saying like you're prejudiced against sloth, apathy and gluttony doesn't that to me doesn't seem like a prejudice. That's a a healthy um, stance towards destructive. Yeah, that's mindsets. almost like char- that means you have character versus. But to assume that a person that is obese in some way is wallowing in gluttony and apathy and slothfulness is is a is probably the prejudice that assuming. Something about that person. And you don't know anything about their thyroid condition or their whatever. That Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, well, and that's just the thing with even talking about your brother. I mean, with his journey of trying all different things and still getting the same results, um, at what point do people and do we as their friends and family say, I just love you for yeah. who you are? Oh, it should be immediately. Yeah. Well, I think. I, I hope so. But do we actually know how to do that? Most of us don't. Uh, I will tell you, I've had this. So you've seen my ice fest. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> Yet another tool in my <laughs> tool bag on my constant fight against obesity. I have an ice vest. That I bought when I started working out again, because uh, I read about it that it can like, you know, that little extra boost for your metabolism, you ice ice down your body. Um, I saw I'll wear it sometimes at home, and then recently, Amelie, my seven year old, made her own ice vest. Oh man! She took a little bag, like a shopping bag, and put an ice pack in it, and strings the shopping bag around her neck. Whoa. And I was like, uh, she's like, I got a fat belly. And I was like, no, you do not. Oh man. What'd you You, say? I said, you do not. You have a beautiful body. It's perfect. You don't need to worry about that. Um, and then the other day she put it on and we're like, you don't. And she's like, I'm just hot. Oh, that's so full on. (laughs) Oh man. Oh man! Yeah, it's rough. That's um, intense. I think like that that kind of stuff makes me be like, oh geez, I don't know if I'm ready to have kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you pass on? Oh, that mirror—it's like a mirror, just being like, look at it, <laughs> look at what you do. <laughs> oh, that's full on. That is intense. Um, well, and like you know, more is caught than taught. I, I guess know they say. Yeah. So, do you think you got? You were saying your your grandma had fat prejudice and your dad has it. So is it is there a way to break the generational pass down? I hope so, for Amelie's sake. I'm really trying hard. I mean, last night, I, again, we made her say, like, say, I am beautiful. We want to hear you say it. Did she say it? Because at first she goes, I'm beautiful. Like, not beautiful. Say it. I am beautiful. I'm beautiful. Come on. I'm beautiful. You are beautiful and you're perfect as you are. You don't need to change a thing to be loved or, you know, like we're, we're, we're going to always hammer that in as much as possible, but it's hard in a society that screams the opposite at her with every magazine cover and every like on an Instagram page, who's getting liked, why it's getting like everything points towards this is how you should look if Mm. you want to be valued in our society. Mm. And uh, 
that's tough. That's tough as a dad to see your little girl starting to be affected by some of those games. And it's not, it's not bad yet. She's not, I haven't seen her like, she's not like, I hate my body. It's not that, but just little hints of like, but even the awareness is intense. Yeah. Yeah. For a seven year old to have the awareness of like, I'm going to wear an ice vest. And we've always been, I think her having a sister like Lucy with down syndrome and, uh, and the people that we meet through that, like through the special needs community and she'll meet people in wheelchairs and whatever. And we've always been like, intentional about uh trying to teach her that bodies are beautiful how the how they come but you're right more is caught than taught and so she sees us saying that but then she sees me icing myself mm-hmm. to try to get rid of my fat belly and <laughs> but then we talked about lisa was like we gotta get rid of that ice fest i was like but i'm doing it to try to be healthy mm. and to, to lose the fat is good for me yeah um, so like, we're not going to eat healthy, not going to go to the gym, not going to try to stay fit right. because it can lead. So I don't think that's the answer either. Um, but if she is copying you, it's less about you telling her she's beautiful and more about you, her seeing you tell yourself that you're beautiful. Yeah, it's true. So she just needs uh, to catch you looking at, in, at yourself. In I'll just keep just, saying it. I'm beautiful. No, really. I mean, it's yeah. it's a weird it's a weird psychology, no, but true. I I mean, like I think back on it and I can't ever remember looking at my mom getting ready and seeing her say like, "Oh, I really like I I love my body" or mm-hmm. "I'm beautiful" or any and like I think there's there's sort of a judgment of like, "Oh, what are you vain?" Mm-hmm. But what's what about the chance to just love our bodies and be grateful for who we are and what we've got. Um, And so if she's parroting what you do. It's true. I have to, but I can't even just say it. I have to legitimately love my body. Mm. Um, And I have to legitimately love my body when I'm out of shape. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, Which I hope that I will, you know, I'm, I've been making life changes to try to not be out of shape anymore, but um but then I think in how all the little, how we, what we laugh at, how we treat people. I mean, she's got fat family members. Um, and I don't, I don't know, like when we've, what we've laughed at, maybe we've laughed at the wrong things that have automatically put in, because Kami said, since she was a little kid, like when she's like, about grandma's chubby neck or whatever, like, oh, don't tell her. And then we laugh and what's. Should we not laugh? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so hard. I think that there's more awareness growing now and there's, you know, body positivity movements and there is more of a push to get people who look different in front of us in yep. terms of in the media. But can you think of in, in our growing up years or even now, can you think of really respected and loved either actors, actresses, musicians, people that we look at them and we're like, they're amazing. And by the way, they're also fat. Mm. Can you think of it? It's rare. Um, I can think of a few, but not, not from it's more, it's more recent. The people that I can think of, it's not like, I can't think of anyone from, like the fifties and sixties and seventies that were not a certain shape, but maybe yeah. that's, maybe I'm. I, yeah. I mean, once you got it, the comedy years, you could start having fatter people and it still seems like the successful actors that are fat. Most of the time are comedic comedic for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, which has been like, I think in the, this is this, this is us has been pretty amazing with having like this dramatic uh, there's nothing like comedic about it and it shows the struggle of this of these people that are fat trying hating themselves because of it and really good acting and a really believable person Mm. um i think i think in some ways society's getting or or media in some ways has gotten better than it used to be because yeah it seems like it used to be not on like thin white this age (laughs) 
Oh man. You know, that's mm-hmm. how you become a movie star. Mm-hmm. Uh, or yeah. Music. Um, it's funny how weight interacts with music. Cause I feel like you could be a bigger black girl, for instance, than a bigger white girl. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like, not the issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, and guys seems like they can get away with more usually with everything. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> that's so true. Sometimes, sometimes even in couples, there'll be like, you know, the wife is working to stay young and beautiful and exercising and keeping her hair nice. And the guy's just like, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's because of the bl- for the black girl, the black is just the issue that everybody's <laughs> that everybody's focusing on. That everybody's focusing yeah. on. And then the, yeah. And then for the white girl, I, I mean, you know, like the, the biggest obstacle, but meaning the issue of, of the hurdle well, that they have, the to hurdle overcome. they have to jump. Yeah. Overcome yeah. The most. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seems. It's definitely really in the DNA of of our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and Which I think is weird because we're such a fat culture. It is, right? I mean, even living in Australia, which is another white Western country, um, they do not have the same, the same rate of obesity. Mm-hmm. They don't have... And so there, there has to be something there. There has to be a, a lot more, whether it's... Um, I know we we both did like 23andMe this past year, and I thought it was really interesting getting my results and seeing genetically you are more likely to be underweight. And I was like, what is what does that even mean, like underweight? And also, I don't think I'm underweight, so what's wrong with my genetics that it says that I'm, I'm I mean, I have 34% body fat. <laughs> <laughs> so... Is it genetics? Is it? I I think it's what's in our food, but yeah, that's just me. Yeah, a lot of it is, and it's it's lifestyle. I mean, I remember we went to Europe. Uh, Lisa and I went to Europe for a month one time, and we were eating like shit. I mean, we were like uh, eating like shit. Meaning, at the end of the day, most days we get a baguette and a thing of Nutella, mm-hmm. and just like party it up. And, it, yeah. and I was still like losing weight. Yeah. Because I think the foods weren't as processed and shitty uh, overall. Mm-hmm. And because the lifestyle was more walking around and you were just more mobile through the day. It wasn't, I, growing up in Wisconsin, it was like, you're not going to walk to the market and get some fresh vegetables. No way. And come back. Like, it's you're a gonna, car. You're going to drive through McDonald's mm-hmm. on the way back home because it's freezing and you don't want to even walk into the grocery store. Yeah. Or whatever. You know what I mean, it's like the simple thing mm-hmm. is the, and the simple and the cheap thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's is also the shittiest food. Money. That's, yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah. And what you were, what you were saying before about like there are so many factors that play into it. Um, you know, like in Wisconsin, there are really only like four months out of the year that it's nice. And you can yeah. go outside and be active mm-hmm. and work out outside or go to the beach or even be aware of your body shape because it's almost like I would yeah. I would be like in a freaking sweater and winter coat for six months yeah. and then it would be summertime and I'd be like, oh, that's my body? I haven't even <laughs> seen I haven't even seen that yeah. in months. So it definitely doesn't um it doesn't bring awareness as much as like living in Los Angeles where it's sunny and warm every single day. And I'm constantly, um, seeing my skin and other people's skin and um, lots of it because it's warm and being obviously LA is very appearance focused anyway. Um, but for me, I've chosen to have that be something that, um, is like a positive for me where it's not something I've allowed me to get myself to get really insecure or really, stressed out about my appearance it's more just like oh how cool that there are so many workout classes i can try (laughs) and like my brother my brother tries a different yoga studio for like their month intro where you can get like unlimited for like 20 dollars, and he just goes to like a different one every single month and he does yoga five days a week um and i think he just found one that he loves so much he's probably gonna actually pay the real dollars but (laughs) he's just been doing that and like la is 
that's so easy yeah. to do here. Can't do that in Marshfield, Wisconsin. Hales, no. No. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. I don't even think there was a yoga studio where I lived. Like, no, there definitely wasn't in my town. A 20 minute drive. No. No, there wouldn't have been for me either. Um, so access is like privilege, finances. Those are all. And then there's also just the culture of of fatness. Meaning, like in Wisconsin, it was like you. Everybody's kind of expected to be a certain. Like, if you really tried hard and you're trying to find yoga and you're really eating healthy, you'd be made fun of. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, even when we, my, my parents is loving and beautiful as they are, and they want us to be healthy and stuff. But when we, we go back, we, especially when they lived in Tulsa, we'd go back to Tulsa and we'd be like, can we find a place with salads or something? And they'd, they'd just make fun of us. Like, oh, you got to get you some rabbit food. <laughs> That's so true. It's so true. <laughs> you know, like, so real. Uh, why don't you just want to eat the fried biscuits with everybody else? Mm-hmm. I was like, we had it every night the fried biscuit you know what I mean? it's mm-hmm. like the culture itself kind of uh is fat yeah it's like it no this is room. what we eat into like you what you want to be some skinny rabbit weird rabbit food eating los angeles person yeah yeah um fit in fit in that's so I- interesting so, but your your family, most of your family lives in New York City now, right? Yeah. So, have they changed at all? Or are they the same? I've been surprised at how unhealthy the food in New York is. Like, living in Los Angeles. Really? And then going to New York, because um, it's such an active city. I was surprised. Like, when you go most menus, it's not like an LA typical menu in mm. New York, from what I've experienced. It's more like comfort food is a lot easier to get there and everyone's walking so much they they're thinner there than most places in the country yeah because they're exercising all the time they're walking around they're active but the food uh it's not like vegan raw healthy no most i'm sure it's that's there yeah but as a culture like everywhere in la if you if you go to a place and there's not an option a vegan healthy natural uh whatever option uh it won't do well in LA, but yeah. in New York, you don't, it didn't feel like that's the same culture. So, so they can, my parents have found a way to live a, a Netflix order in, dine in their, their house in sort New of York lifestyle City. in New York. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. I love that. They're like, <laughs> we're going to leave Wisconsin, but we're going to stick to Netflix and <laughs> Postmates. Yeah. That's awesome. Do they live in like city proper? Yeah, they live oh, in Manhattan. Oh, snap. That is hysterical. Do they like the culture there? Yeah, I don't think they'll stay there forever. Mm. Uh, but they, Are you going to get them out here? I, we've tried, but I, I've, I, I kind of doubt it. I think they might move back to the Midwest somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's the Midwestern culture is is definitely a strong, strong culture. And one of the reasons that I wonder if I don't necessarily because I think a lot of times um, people will even make comments to me like, oh, look at like, look at all you're doing. Wow, that's a lot for a Wisconsin girl. Like yeah. someone even mm-hmm. someone even said that to me this past week. And I was like, what? Don't put that on me. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, you can do this, too. Like you. That's such a weird thing to say. Like it brought up a lot for me that I wanted mm. to just be like, what? What a weird thing. Um, and it was someone from Wisconsin too. Mm. So it was like you were saying before with like, if you're trying to eat healthy, if you're mm-hmm. trying to, like, they're like, what? What are you doing? What, you're better than us? Yeah. Like, yeah. What, are you, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I mean, yeah, I, I love my life. It's cool. I'm doing cool things, but I'm choosing to do the cool things. And I've also spent years building this. It's not like... It's not like all of a sudden I was just like, you know what? Fuck Wisconsin. I'm leaving. Yeah. Bye. And then I walked to LA and met a ton of famous people and succeeded at everything. That's not my, that's not reality. And that's not, you know, that's not, none of it. It is interesting though, to just think about how certain things are more cultural and, you know, the fact that we both grew up in Wisconsin, I think is, is interesting that we both carry this similar baggage yeah wisconsin 
I mean, I'm sure it's like that in other places as well. Probably a lot of rural or small towns where they like want to hold you in. But I certainly experienced some of that in Wisconsin. And some of my favorite people in the world are Wisconsin people that got out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like you. <laughs> but also there, there are like Midwestern people that get out, like you were saying, that get out. Um, well, they they want to do something more than you can do in the, you know, I mean. Yeah, but they, they have so much um, the groundedness. Like there is yeah. more of a down to earth like the work ethic is definitely yeah. like hustle balls to the walls. Yeah. We're not going to just be done because we're entitled to being done at mm-hmm. five o'clock. It's like, no, if there's more work to do, I'm going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally agree. Yeah. So I'm grateful for a lot of that. That Wisconsin imparted into my life. For sure. I yeah. also did not want to marry a Midwesterner. <laughs> I, uh, neither, neither of us did. No. Yeah, a New Mexican girl for me, Australian for you. Yeah, and yours yours is very thin. Yeah, she's very thin. <laughs> was that was that a thing that you that you were like, I don't want to I don't want to marry a Wisconsin girl, and I don't want to marry anyone that isn't skinny. <laughs> I don't think it was conscious. Oh, but the the accent was always a little rough for me, mm. and I I I did try to not say Wisconsin. And yeah. I didn't want, but I don't know. I mean, I still, I liked girls from Wisconsin. It's not like I, but it just nothing ever happened. I but got you, married at 19 I know, years I'm old. Like, you didn't really let there be a lot of opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> I waited till I was 19, couldn't find anyone, picked a different state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just was like, and different country go, but you know. Well, Lisa's skinny. She's skinny. I like it. I like that she's skinny. And I'm sure that I can't, I, I, I would be very strongly surprised if my biases didn't have anything to do with liking that she was skinny. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it. Do you guys talk about that with parenting or like, you know, does she as, uh, this is weird to ask you about someone else, but in her own being a mom, are there things that you guys talk about like, okay, we're not going to say this or when we have our kids running around the house, we want them to be around these sorts of conversations or this kind of TV or this kind. Is there any, is that something that you guys talk about? Yeah, I think we share a lot of that. I mean, we both, uh, know what like we grew up in in really very strong religious households where shame was uh you know in so much religion shame is front and center Mm. for the motivation of anything and so we've always tried to we we know that we don't want our daughters having that front and center for anything If, if there's anything we can do about it to not have the motivation for anything in their life to be shame (laughs) uh which you know that we can't bubble them in from the world the world hands them plenty of shame as it is but we are doing our best to not um so it's weird like the lisa and amelie took a a bath last night together and they're like they decided together they want to do that forever they want to that wants to be part of their mama daughter take a bath together thing the funny, it would be funny to see how long that lasts with Amelie if, if into puberty and all that, she's still cool with that. <laughs> but, uh, but Lisa's always been very free being naked around the girls or whatever and not Lucy's in a real boobies phase right now and she just thinks it's so funny. Oh, boobies! And Lisa's just like, yeah, boobies. You have boobies, here they are. And not being taboo about anything mm-hmm. or whatever. It's been weird for me because I'm like, I don't, I don't want to like fuck them up by just they're telling their counselor how their dad was always naked. <laughs> <laughs> but I also don't want like the taboo of a male naked body. Absolutely. Uh, so I've kind of just settled on like, I don't show them my, my front side fully, but I, you know. Like ever? But I'll, I'm sure they've seen, I know they've both seen it at some point, mm. but I don't. Like I'll cover if I'm gonna change. Like I just went on a trip with Amelie, and if I change into my swimming suit, I'll turn around. 
Okay. To do it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, it's those kind of like little things that I don't know what the right thing is. But we're, we're all the all the major moves we're trying to make are always about no shame, no taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, anything we think we want her to be able to talk about anything, express her thoughts about anything. Um, but teacher, like how, then what do you do with things like profanity where culturally, if she just walks around in school going, fuck, fuck, you know, it's like, that's not going to be beneficial for her. <laughs> um, yeah. so we have to like, these words are not appropriate for use in public for a, kid especially if you don't want to offend people like at this if you say these words people will be offended and think that you're being crass and think that you're being um but then she'll hear our friends say those words and sometimes us say them we, we've tried to not say them around her as much as possible but we have friends <laughs> that don't have kids present company not excluded uh, but that's part that's part of our world like yeah. we're not we're never it's not taboo in our world but we also do like how much do we want her hearing the word over and over that she has to try to not say it right when she's in a situation it's weird being a parent it's like this constant <laughs> juggling act between different things yeah because we don't care for all i don't care if she's if I was creating culture, I'd be like, let kids say fuck. What, who cares? It's right. a word. Right. It's a sound. It's letters. Um, but that's not the culture. Then you want your kid to succeed in culture. So you have to like play these little dances and games. Right. Right. Where it's like, I don't want you to have body shame. And if you want to be naked at home, that's fine. But also but you once you leave outside. the door, yeah. you have to. Yeah, that is. That's hard. That that would be hard. I don't know for myself if it's hard or not because I'm not a parent. Um, but yeah, and like you, you, you have these parts. They're just part of your body. They're no big deal. Mm. But nobody can ever touch those parts. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. Because like, tell us if anybody ever tries to touch. You know what I mean? It's just so weird. So weird. It's fine, not fine. But it's not fine. Yeah. Right. I guess you know. There's a lot here. But what do we have? What's our responsibility? Like, is it just knowing that we have that tendency? Oh, I, I have a fat prejudice being aware of it and choosing to not have it impact decisions? Um, Or do we have more of a responsibility? Like, can you heal a prejudice? Mm. Yeah, I I think you can. I don't know about complete, completely. I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll see. I don't feel like I have, I've certainly changed my thinking and my innate gut feeling about other things in life or that those, those things have changed in me. And even more, my, my gut feeling has changed about obese people now, even different than a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of that has been the free will thoughts and like, um, and then, you know, I meditate a lot and, and, uh, rest in the unity the awareness of the unity of all of us and of everything and everyone a lot in a way that makes it harder when i see a fat person to think of an other that has this uh problem that needs to be fixed uh, the first reaction when i'm in the, my heart is is love and compassion and joy and and the fun silliness of it these fun chubby people and bony people walking around and do it like it's all silly and fun and magical. And so when I'm in a healthy headspace, I'm not, I'm not, this is not an issue that's like, (laughs) uh, dogging me down, but I, I can, when I'm, the more I'm aware of my own prejudice and my own innate bias that I was handed from my culture and my circumstances, um, the easier. Yeah. I think when it comes to decisions, like, uh, what, how am I going to talk about this with my daughter when it comes to, um, ever recognizing that prejudice manifesting itself in any way that actually turns into actions or words or jokes or, 
and like that could demean somebody or that could you know seeing that prejudice is helpful in gauging your own actions and reactions mm. and how you move through the world i think that's um you know because if some people have bias towards there's black people that take that test and have bias towards black people mm. wow. um yeah there are that they like they feel that it's they see the blackface and it's more dangerous to them and the, and whether that their experience or whatever early in their life um, and culture taught them that bias. And that's what our culture, our culture does teach that, that darker skin is more dangerous or is more whatever, fill in the blank. That's what racism is like. Racism exists, not just in a vacuum. It was created. Um, and, and handed to all of us and um including including the victims themselves Mm. uh so how do we yeah when you notice that prejudice then i think i think it's a great first step is to see it Mm -hmm. and then you can allow that sight to start i think the more clearly you see it uh the less power it has yeah Yeah, absolutely. And also, I think for me, the more I've gotten to know someone that is like the thing that I kind of avoid, whether it's um, even something like having gay friends and instead of it being the other, like, oh, gay, what? Oh, I don't know any gay people. Or is that is that is that okay? What are they like? Instead, it becomes, oh, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. That's my friend. Yeah. That's not my gay friend. That's my friend. Yeah. That's not my fat friend. That's my friend. And it humanizes them and makes them become a part of who I am and a part of how I see the world. And like you said, like the connection that we have with other people that it's not other, it's my friend. It's not the thing I don't understand or the thing I have a bias towards that I think, um, it's not like I. It's not like I would ever say we should go out and make fat friends to make sure that we. <laughs> to make sure that we. I got we, plenty. <laughs> um, but that's inter- that's an interesting thing because that makes me think about the fat, the fatness in Wisconsin and all that it was attached to. When you see something and it's not, it's not gay or not. I wonder how much of me when I see fat and think of what fatness has been in my life primarily through being a Wisconsin person that had Wisconsin culture trying to box me into something and hold me back Mm. into something. Um, if that's part of the, like, no, that's bad. I got to get away from that. Yeah. Yeah. The association of what the association of my actual experiences with real people and the culture of being fat in Wisconsin, that is the culture um interesting like what am i actually pushing back what what is the bias Hmm. actually against Hmm. do you know Hmm. i see it's gonna be a weird answer i like weird answers give it the actual aversion is my ego seeing that it's not a real thing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep that's weird <laughs> I told you <laughs> I love it I yeah love it. it's um, it's my ego needing to find um, value in itself as a separate entity in the world that that is special and talented and beautiful and loved so that it can validate its own existence and not just be a wave in the ocean of circumstance and physics and chemistry, but a real solid me that, that can stand on its own two feet and not have to be afraid uh, and so it's the ego game of like 
no, I'm not going to be that. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be better than that. I'm going to stand out above that and be, I'll be more beloved and more special Mm. if I'm not like these other things in my life. Uh, That's, that's down way down. That's a good one. (laughs) It was worth the wait. (laughs) Just like waiting till you're 19. Oh, yeah. And you wait till you're 19 and that first time. Real good. good. It's a good time. It's not, it doesn't last long. (laughs) That's a good one. I like that. Thanks. Stick around for part two of this discussion to hear a Q&A with Vish about his social media practices. This episode of Out of Line was produced by me, Caroline. All sound editing, engineering, and original music composition by Jaden Lee. And a big thank you to Cat Footwear for working with Out of Line this season. Hit subscribe to get the next episode on your mobile device when it drops next week. And if you love what you heard, please whip out a review, will ya? 